Uh, so um, how much is that? Oh, the fact that there are people waiting and probably saw that <laughs> <No>. is. <laughs> <laughs> so after almost three years and 69 episodes, we still haven't perfected the art of going live, but that's not what we are experts in. We're experts in podcast editing and the business of running it. And that's what this show is about. So welcome everybody to the podcast editors mastermind, where we talk about the business of podcast editing. And we stream this live every other Thursday for the most part. And so thank you, everybody who is here waiting for us. It's actually, uh, I'm a little taken aback that there's actually like already people here just kind of waiting. So thank you so much for being here. And if you're watching this on replay or listening to the podcast version, the huge part of this is the interaction. Right now we have Patrick Keller and Andrea Clunder welcoming us in. Um, so if you want to be part of the live experience, asking questions and just being part of the conversation, we highly encourage it. Uh, find us on Facebook. Just search for Podcast Editors Mastermind and join the Facebook group and follow the page um, so you get notified when we go live. So without further ado, we are talking about how to hire professional services. So we're business owners, right? So we need accountants and lawyers or bookkeepers, there are a lot of issues and services that we need to run the business. And we have an expert today to talk about helping us find uh, quality people to help us in our business. But who uh, are you? So I am Daniel Abendroth, and you can find me at rothmedia.audio. And I'm Jennifer Longworth. You can find me at bourbonbarrelpodcasting.com. I'm Brian Ensminger. You can find me, hopefully, at toptieraudio.com. <laughs> And not able to join us tonight, fellow Yeti, Carrie Caulfield, Eric, you can find her at yayapodcasting.com. Now, tonight we have a, a lovely guest. No, we don't have guests on anymore. So when we do, you know it's something good. Uh, we have Stephanie Spires, who is a business coach, who's actually Jennifer's business coach. Stephanie has a long history of leadership in both the business and nonprofit sectors. She thrives off systems and processes and loves bringing them all to small business and nonprofit organizers. She's Jennifer's business coach, and she's here today to talk to us about finding the right people when we need professional services. Stephanie, thank you so much for uh, joining us. And why don't you talk a little about who you are, how you got started, and why you're here tonight. Yeah, no, I appreciate the invite. Um, I am technologically not inclined, and Jennifer knows this. And so she is pushing me outside my comfort zone tonight. So I appreciate everyone having me here. So I own a company called Spire Strategies, and we are a consulting firm that works with businesses all across um, the gamut to really create systems and processes to help you be more successful. Most of my clients are female entrepreneurs or women entrepreneurs. Um, I also work a lot with nonprofits, but I do have some male clients as well. I've had a plumber that I've been working with for over 15 years. And so my clients do stick around, um, but we do a lot of project management, strategic planning, core business operations, customer identification, and really just try to figure out what works. So I appreciate you all having me on. I'm excited to talk about um, podcast editing and seeking out professional services. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. And one reason we wanted somebody like you, I've known that I've needed an accountant for a while now, but like I'm, I'm hesitant to, and I'm a little gun shy about like seeking out an account because I don't know what to look for to find somebody who's trustworthy, who will do a good job. Um, cause I feel like in today's, you know, internet world of the internet, anybody can start a blog and call themselves an expert. And from somebody who has no idea that could very well be true, but it could be a swindler or just somebody who doesn't know or isn't like specified to my exact need. So I'm a little hesitant about reaching out. So fortunately, my business is simple enough that I've managed so far, but I'm afraid that um, it's wasting my time and I might not be getting the full value out of it. And specifically, when it's somebody as opposed like like you, who is like a business coach or somebody kind of more higher level, as opposed to bringing on an accountant and being like, hey, how do you find an accountant? Because it'd be a little self-serving in their advice. That's why I want somebody a little more uh, <laughs> unbiased. And so that's why I have a business expert to kind of help in all things, be accounting and 
well, you know, other things as well. Yeah, no, that's why I tell people. I really use three terms. I say I'm a coach, a consultant, and a connector. Because a lot of what mm. I do is connecting different individuals together. But like you mentioned, um, a lot of us get out. I know Jennifer's great about networking. She's about great about going out and meeting people. And <laughs> that can be good, bad, and ugly too, right? Because you go out and you meet someone who's really nice and they want to sell you insurance and they've been in the business for a week and you think they're really nice, but you don't really want them. You know, it it creates a dynamic itself, right? So you're looking for experience. You're looking for someone you relate to and it can be different. So accountants, I'll be honest. So the accounting firm I have right now is a huge law firm that I use personally, uh, or a huge accounting firm. And it's because my ex-husband was a bankruptcy attorney and he did a lot of work with this firm and they sit work back and forth to each other. In the past year though, I've kind of realized they don't meet my needs because I'm a small business and they're really focused on these big clients. And so I am in the process of transitioning to a woman-owned accounting firm um, that has been around for longer than I've probably been in business. And I am working with the owner of that company to transition my files and explain that you know my needs are not just tax preparation, right? And that's another thing you get into right now, tax preparation. Mm-hmm. It is amazing how you don't really have to be an accountant, right? There's these pop-up, like <laughs> there's like a mom on one of my kids' baseball teams that I thought was a social worker who apparently has a tax business on the side that I didn't, it's like an MLM scam or something. So, (laughs) so yes, I mean, experience. So the first thing you got to find is experience, right? And it's okay to want to work with experience. And I understand wanting to support startups and new businesses because that's a thing I do as well, but maybe they, you can give, um, some work to them and not all work to them, right? Maybe you can have them help you build a budget or help you do some of the, um, to build up to it, right? Maybe not give them the whole portfolio of work that you have, for example. But experience is definitely something. Um, Recommendations, you know, asking people who have worked with them who you know is a way to find professional services. And then interviewing and meeting with them. And I encourage you to meet with several because you're going to get, all different pricing points. You're going to get all different experiences, but you want to make sure it's someone you relate to. You want to make sure it's someone, let's just be honest. None of us are financial experts, I don't think. So our taxes are probably, I know there's a couple of us on here with some ADHD. The paperwork we bring, the shoebox we bring to our accountant is not, we want to make sure we're bringing it to someone who's not going to laugh at us, right? Or who is not going to not work with us or freak out on us or charge us extra for our um, disorganization a little bit. So, you know, making sure that you do get along with their personalities. I think those are just key, I mean, to begin with, and we'll get more into this as we talk, but I think, you know, experience and then making sure you, you know, have some recommendations and then making sure that um, you get along with that person because you're going to have to work with that person. One of the things I'm wondering, because we've been talking about accountants, if you were talking to somebody in a business and they're looking to start adding these kinds of professional services, and I think of like bookkeeper, accountant, attorney, tax planner, like those are kinds of the kind, and I don't have most of those myself, but those are kind of the roles that I would look at. What would you guide them toward in terms of that first, I don't want to say hire, but that first partnership or that first relationship? Well, I say when it comes to attorneys, you get what you pay for, right? And so if you're a startup or you're a business, um, getting an attorney to not necessarily do like, there's a lot of how to file an LLC or how to set up a business. You can Google that and you can figure it out, but doing maybe the work and having a professional look over it, right? If you were entering into some of those initial contracts in the beginning, having someone look over it. And I'll give you an example. I owned a indoor children's play space um, several years ago, and I had an attorney look over the lease. And he was able to write in some wording that basically gave me an out of the lease. So it was a five-year lease, um, but I basically had a way to get out. And I did ultimately make the decision to terminate the lease prematurely, and I had no penalties. I was able to walk away from that lease. If he had not written that line in, I would have owed over $130,000 for the duration of that lease. And so that $1,200 that I spent for an attorney <laughs> to look over that lease saved me $130,000. 
dollars. Um, so I do think in those beginning stages, having someone look over, not necessarily building it for you, because a lot of that you can do yourself. Um, the other thing right off the bat you need though is insurance. So finding a business insurance person to look at your business, look at what you're doing, look at what your liabilities potentially would be, you know, look at what what kind of coverage you need. And business insurance isn't really that expensive. I um, price it for one of my nonprofit clients today that has a, you know, half a million dollar budget. It was $500 a year. You know, we think about, and for, for directors and officers, but we think about, you know, we think it's scary and we think whatever, but, you know, insurance. So I would tell you an insurance agent who can help you with a business insurance. And that's not going to be necessarily the person who sells you your home insurance policy or your auto insurance policy. Um, business insurance is more of a niche field. And so um, I think that is one of the first things you need to find is someone who can look at your business and look at what your liabilities are um, and help you with that. So I kind of want to go for an tangent on that because I yeah. never thought about getting business insurance because like I work for my office. I don't do anything that has like a super like impact on anything. So I never thought like what would business cover business insurance cover for like essentially like a consulting well, so for one thing, it might be if a client wasn't satisfied, right, for some reason, or it felt that you hadn't upheld a part of your contract, or if you would try to, you know, if they tried to come after you in some way, shape, or form, that business, you know, could provide you some, you know, say you ended up into some litigation of some sort, that insurance could help you. If you have a brick and mortar, for some reason, which you don't as podcasters, um, you know, it may help you if, going back to that children's play space, I had a kid that broke his foot. <laughs> not doing anything that he should have broken his foot. Like there are things he could have broken his foot on. He literally was walking and he broke his foot. But um, that insurance covered that. I never, that family never complained. I turned it over as a claim. They got paid. Everybody got paid. Everybody was happy. And you know that was a good use of my money. But I think the thing we'd forget about in professional services, like podcast editing or consulting in my business is what if someone isn't happy or someone comes even you know after you in, in the future? Or, you know, sometimes you've had probably clients that you've maybe needed to terminate prematurely or kind of let go or bless and release. Um, but what if they're not satisfied and, and want to come back after you in some way, shape, or form? So that's why I said, I don't think it's really expensive, but it can really protect you from litigation and for something else. And, or if you hire, you know, maybe you hire someone as a virtual assistant or a part-time assistant or someone and they're disgruntled. It might protect you in some way, you know, against any type of employment issues that you might have if, if you are, even if you're hiring contract people. So that's why I said it's important to get an expert in because I'm not an expert or not, but to see, and I think if you didn't really need it, they would say, but I think to get a little coverage to see where your liabilities are, like I said, you're talking for, for what you're doing. I mean, you're talking probably a few hundred dollars a year, not anything. Mine's about $116 a year. Oh, yeah. wow. Wow. Yeah. And like you say that, and I'll think back like a couple of years ago when I was newer in the business. I had a client and part of like what my service is, I scheduled a blog post on their website or whatnot. Um, and at that time, you had to put like coding like on your website in order for Google to pick it up or something weird like that. And I knew how to do that. But her website was kind of like a weird hack job when they designed it. By doing that, I actually deleted her website. <gasps> oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no. So I could see how, like, if she wanted to, could take up litigation because that was her business, like her website for her business. <laughs> I know. I've, like, I, that was kind of repressed memory that's not coming back. But yeah, fortunately, like, it was like a week and she's in the process of like getting it redone anyway. Um, but they're able, she was able to reach out to like the people who did it before. They're able to restore it and then like finally get a new website. So, like, it worked out okay. And I still, <laughs> I still work with her to this day. <laughs> Surprisingly. Customer service at its best right there, Daniel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I imagine like deleting somebody's website and being like, yeah, I still want to work with you. Um, but I can see definitely how like that could have gone much worse and insurance probably could have been helpful in that situation. Yeah. I mean, because if she wasn't a nice person, mm -hmm. she might have gone after you for, yeah, you took it down a week of lost wages. Like, I mm -hmm. mean... There's more there she could have gone for. Pain, yeah. suffering. Yeah. Okay. So, 
I mean, get I your insurance. To do list. Yeah, get business insurance. <laughs> right. So Don't tomorrow he's going to call business insurance. Yeah. Watch. <laughs> gonna... And then like what amounts to essentially like what eleven dollars a month. Like, yeah, we're not talking anything, bad, but that right. I mean, you're talking very little that could save you a lot. Mm-hmm. So you know, I think that that insurance right off the bat, and then getting a legal person to look at. And the other thing about a lawyer, right, is we is you want like a corporate lawyer or a real estate lawyer. You know, I always say trying to engage maybe a small firm that has a few attorneys that do a couple of different things. Um, you don't need to pay a huge retainer for your businesses. You guys aren't doing anything like you're never going to hit the retainer. Um, but you find, you know, find a small practice, find a small firm that has a couple of different attorneys that can help you, um, with the different areas that you might have something come up if you have an event. And that's another thing. If you have an event, you should probably have event insurance. Or, you know, um, so throwing that out because I know podcasters do sometimes have those and editors and such to try to get. Yeah, so. Looking at Jennifer, who just yeah. had a little, what, bourbon tasting for her class? Next a couple of weeks. Oh, it's going to happen. It's coming. So one thing I'm wondering, because you've mentioned a couple of times spending a little bit. Um, but I know that in the past when I've casually mentioned rates to attorneys, their version of a little bit is a little bit different <laughs> than my version of a little bit. So do you have any perspective on what a little bit might be? You know, it depends what you need. But if you need someone to read over a contract, you should be, I mean, it also depends on your market too, right? If you're in a big city versus a small area, but I would shop around. I mean, there are attorneys out there who are willing to do this work. Like I said, the, the lease I had, which was a complicated lease, was $1,200 for them to review that lease. And at the time, I remember thinking, oh my gosh, that's a lot of money. And then when I didn't have to pay $130,000, I was like, that's the best $1,200 I ever spent. Um, and so, I mean, there is a thing, right? When you're starting up, you don't have money. And I am not a huge like, hey, let's go into debt here. There are resources out there that a lot of people just don't even recognize, though, through the SBA, the Small Business Association, and other local grants that you can get some different um, angel investors in the community. Sometimes they might have different $500, $1,000 grants that different community groups are doing. You know, that's one thing I work with my clients, too, is to help them find some funding. So, if you know, there might be some funding out there to help a startup with professional services and some of this stuff. And so don't get discouraged by that. Um, but I would not go spend like if you know, some of these big firms tell you there's a $5,000 retainer. That's too much. But, you know, and, you know, an attorney maybe bills, you know, 200, 300 an hour and you maybe want an hour of their time to look over your LLC, to look over your bylaws, to look over your business plan and really tell them you have an hour. Like we're not going to go in depth on this, but just to make sure I, I met the criteria. Um, but lay out your expectations. You can find those professional people out there. And part of it's about building relationship, right? It's maybe I can't bring this much work to you, but I can refer other people who, who maybe I do know people who can pay that $5,000 retainer, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, it's relationship building as well. Yeah, I can definitely see, like we're contract, like with clients, like you can easily probably put something together, you know, you know, find something online or something, like put together a, a document, but then like take it to the lawyer and be like, make sure that this checks out. Right. Be a lot cheaper yeah. than having, hiring them to write the contract. Exactly. I mean, there's a lot of draft contracts out there for you mm-hmm. to copy on the internet. Okay. But yeah, so insurance, then attorney, and then accountant. But maybe before accountant, like an accounting software. Though, I mean, as long as you have Excel, you really could get by. Probably with the type of expenses you all have. I don't imagine much. I will shout out Wave. Um, it's a free accounting software. Not as like feature rich as something like QuickBooks. Mm-hmm. Um, but for I think for our businesses, it's there's no like monthly charge and like you pay like transaction fees. Perfect. And it's a lot easier than <laughs> trying to keep all your expenses and have separate banking accounts. I think that's a given we've covered. Right. <laughs> a couple of times, yeah. We have uh, a question from Andrea. Yeah. How important is it that you consult an attorney in your own state for things mm. like contracts? I would stick to my own state. I mean, that's just kind of my, if you're doing business in that state, you need to stick to that state. Now, if you're doing business in another state, you may need to bring in an attorney from another state, right? Because things might be different in different states, depending on what the contract is, depending. But I, 
you know, I know we all have brother-in-law or third cousin once removed who's an attorney in another state. And for some general advice, I think you definitely could reach out to them. Also, a good attorney is going to tell you, you need to check with someone in your state or you need to check to someone that's, you know, if you're going at the Christmas dinner to Johnny, who is your second cousin, they'll give you some advice and that, you know, their advice is going to be worth what you paid for it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that's the thing. So if I could follow up on that though, because I actually have zero clients in my, well, no, I now have one client in my own state. All the rest of my clients (laughs) are somewhere else in the U S at that point. I believe that the business is considered to be conducted in my state because that's where the work is being done. But I don't, like, I don't even know if that's true. Do I need to go look for an attorney in five other states? I think you're fine in your state. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that was my question too. Yeah, you're fine in your state. I mean, everything I do is based in Kentucky because I'm based in Kentucky, even though I serve clients in other states as well. So one of the things that you had mentioned was making sure that you're getting or looking for somebody who's appropriate for what you're looking for, You know, starting with that smaller firm, that kind of thing. Part of where my head goes, especially for somebody that's just starting out, is also, what if I don't know what I should be thinking about in terms of who I'm looking for, right? Mm-hmm. Because I know when we hire people in the corporate world, there's this job description, you have a set of criteria. Well, I don't have any of that because I'm just starting out or you know, I'm a couple of years into this, but I've never hired an accountant or something like that. How do, how do I go, okay... This is the kind of person I need. Yeah. So I think this is where, um, you know, I can make a shameless plug as like a business consultant, but there's also, you know, again, free resources like the Small Business Development Center or your Chamber of Commerce. Some of these agencies may have opportunities for coaches or consultants that you could sit down with maybe free or at low charge and um, they can help you kind of point you in the direction and talk it out. And part of it is just talking it out and saying, this is like you said, you don't have a job description written down, but talking about what is it that are your needs? What is it that um, you're trying to accomplish? And they have, like I said, a part of my job is that connector piece. You know, I have several insurance agents that I work with. I have several attorneys that I work with and I try to pair people up based on personalities or based on what I think your skills are or what you need. And so going to people like that to help you kind of figure out what it is exactly you need and connecting you with those people. Um, Like I said, there are free resources and low-cost resources to kind of guide you through that process, but that is worth your time and investment as well. Yeah. Chamber of Commerce like comes up often, but I've never taken the time to actually like dive into. I know Jennifer is a big advocate. Yeah. My problem is they always meet during the day and I have a day job, right? So I have a day job and a business. I can't do both at the same time. Right. And that's the thing about those is you get out of them what you put in. But for example, I know I saw here, um, there's one of those startup companies like where a lot of entrepreneurs work out of or whatever. And they're having a the small business development center come over from like eight to noon on Wednesday next week. And they're free coaches. Like you can just pop in, pop out for that four hour. And so there are things like that. Again, if you work, it might be tricky, but I know a lot of those organizations and resources are out there and willing to work with you after hours or at other times as well um, to kind of try to map it out. So you don't necessarily need a chamber membership. And again, I also don't encourage people to join those things if they're not going, you, you know, I think going back to the money thing, right? That's another thing, right? When we start up, it's like, well, I could join the chamber and I could join this podcasting organization. I can go to this conference. I can go to that. And so I tell people is really think of your ROI, right? Your return of investment. Are you sponsoring the podcast um, conference? But if you can't even go there because you're not at work, why are you sponsoring that, right? Or if you're not going to collect business cards somehow, and then actually follow up with those individuals. <laughs> Jennifer's kind of laughing at me because this is one I, every time she goes to a conference, like three days later, I'm like, so have you put those in your database yet? <laughs> then it's not worth your time, right? It's not worth your money. And so you've got to think about, um, especially in those, you know, cause there's so many organizations that you can join and you can't join everything. So picking a few organizations, picking a few conferences, picking a few 
things to sponsor or to be involved in and being involved in them so that you can get clients that you can, you know, you want to make sure if you spent $500 on a table luncheon sponsorship that someone sitting at your table becomes a client and that they pay more than $500 so that that was worth your time and investment. I'm wondering, we've been talking about this and I know you do a good bit of coaching. Are there any common mistakes that you either see people make or that you're able to save them from when it comes to professional services? The biggest thing I think is not using professional services. A lot of people, especially when it comes to financials, um, and a lot of people don't want to be real with themselves, like about what they're spending even. So, you know, they may have a business, but then maybe you went and bought your microphone on your credit card at lunch today and your personal card and you're using it for business, but you, you know, so they're not being real about what their expenses are. They aren't really keeping track of what they're doing. They're just kind of flying by the seat of their pants and they're not engaging someone to think strategically on the front end, to think about like, you don't need to just meet a tax professional when it's time to do your taxes. You need to meet a tax professional at the beginning of the year to say, what receipts do I need to be keeping? What do I need to be? How do I need to be doing this? And so I, again, spending that money on the front end a little bit, but it's going to save you. You think of all the deductions you can have, or, you know, if you're writing down your mileage or, you know, giving you ideas you may not have even thought of. One of the things is, like a car, for example, um, you know, there's some things I can do with my car because of my type of business I had never thought of before um, until an accountant kind of said, hey, you, you need to be tracking this and such. And so I think getting people in on the front end to give you that advice so that you know what you're doing rather than flying by the seat of your pants and then coming up with a shoebox <laughs> at the end of the year is really the biggest mistake that people make. The reality is, it's, it's, it goes back to that imposter syndrome, right? It's like, you know, I'm scared to tell people what I'm doing. I'm not really real. I just have one client. I don't have any clients. I haven't edited any podcast yet. You know, I'm kind of a joke. It's that imposter syndrome. And that's what keeps us from seeking out professional services because we don't treat our own businesses like we are professionals. But we are professionals. This is your business. This is your job. This is what you do. <laughs> And if you don't believe in yourself, others aren't going to believe in you. And this is something as a business and podcast editing and such. The more professional you are with your clients, the more clients you are going to have and the more positive responses you're going to have. And I, I just give a straight up answer. So during COVID, a lot of my clients fell behind on paying me. Um, and it did create cash flows and stress for me. And so coming out of COVID, I have shifted and I take a lot of payments like a month ahead um, where I used to invoice in the last day of the month and now invoice in the first day of the month for that month. Um, everybody has jumped on board and everybody understands that I'm running a business and that if I'm stressed about cash flow, I'm not going to be giving you the best business because I'm going to be trying to find additional cash flow and working and such like that. And so what I've found is the same thing with you all in your podcast editing, you know, making sure you all are invoicing on a timely fashion, make sure that you are depositing. If you get checks, make sure those are promptly getting deposited, not a month later or two months later that you're not sitting on things, making sure that you're responding to emails promptly, making sure that you are treating your business like a business and that you're working your business like a business. This is your job. When you go out and you introduce yourself, this needs to be in your introduction, whether you're at church on Sunday morning or you're in a restaurant or you're at that commerce chamber of commerce meal. Um, this is what you do and, you know, shout it from the rooftops. And there's that coaching coming in that we all need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it. You know, my tax accountant saved me thousands in taxes last year by telling me to dump a chunk into my SEP IRA. She saw me so much many times. And Jesse uh, McCune saying a good accountant will pay for themselves year after year. It's like, Logically, I know that, but like still like that miser in me is just like, oh, you know, I don't want to spend too much money because blah, blah, blah. Like I don't want to like my expenses get out of control. But it's like, I know logically that when it comes to my taxes, there is money I'm leaving on the table because like I work from home. So I know there, I've seen online, like there's so many like tax benefits, like part of my uh, internet bill or part of my stuff, like whatever. But it's like, I don't, I don't want to do it myself because I feel like that's going to get into some legal, I don't put myself at legal risk. Mm -hmm. When I can just like hire somebody who knows what they're talking about. And one of the benefits of, of my accountant from this past year is I got a letter from the IRS saying, hey, you owe us this much money. And I was like, why? So I emailed her. I'm like, 
why. And they're like, oh, quirk in this system. They think this and this and that. And she was able to like look it up and explain it to me. So I didn't just have to rely on Google, hopefully telling me Mm -hmm. or, you know, asking other people. But she was like, well, this is the way it is. Here's what you need. Okay. Thank you. Yes. Because the IRS is a mess right now. Right. Like, I get bill one month that says I owe them and then the next month they send me a check randomly and then the next month I owe them again. <laughs> and then I got a letter in the mail from one of my clients this week. I chuckled. It's from a question that they have on their 2020 taxes. My client's like, what do I do with this? I'm like, I don't know, but I wouldn't be in a super hurry because obviously they weren't in a super hurry <laughs> to address it. And yep. so, you know, we're going to sit down and figure it out. And it's, you know, it's just, they need another document. But yes, so it does help. And unfortunately, you know, the IRS, even getting through the IRS takes like an act of Congress, literally. Um, and so sometimes your accountants have their ways or they know the answers. So you aren't mm. sitting on the phone. I mean, I have called the IRS and, you know, I laugh. I've called them when they open at seven in the morning and they'll say, oh, our call volume is full for today. Please try back tomorrow. Like, <laughs> What? You just opened one minute ago. Both of us and are on Easter, break this, today. This, yeah. Like the people on the Pacific Coast are still asleep. They aren't even calling in yet. Like, how is this possible? But it is. I mean, it's a mess right now. And, uh, you know, with all the different things going around. And so it does help to have someone um, who understands. And things are changing. Like here in Kentucky, we have a lot of sales tax laws now that a lot of services are being taxed that weren't taxed. Um, in the past. So, you know, now marketing services and website design services and things like that. So in some states, potentially podcast editing um, could be, you know, something that you've got to collect sales tax on. And so then how do you go about doing it? And it sounds a lot scarier than it is. But if you have a good accountant, they can do it. Also paying yourself is important and the way you pay yourself. And you need an accountant to help you figure that out as well. Yeah. That's another thing that I hadn't thought about is like changing it you know, the change in tax laws. Cause like, yeah, I did all the research back in 2017 and like, <laughs> that's how I set everything up. But like, I don't know like how to keep up on it. Like I don't want to keep researching all the time on like what the new tax laws are when there are people out there that that's literally their job is to keep up on it. I mean, the thing that still has me scratching my head is the recent 180 nearly 180 that they took on the 1099 K, which for those outside the U S you don't have to worry about this, but what a nightmare. The whole year we've been preparing for a change in how non-employee income is tracked and taken care of. And then two days before Christmas, the IRS says, well, actually, it's going to be this. And also, it's going to stay the same. So good luck. And mm-hmm. then they just removed all the documentation. My bookkeeper is scratching her head. And I'm like, I-, I don't know. I guess I'm sending 1099s to everybody. And if they get a 1099K, they can tell me and I'll just file an adjustment because I'm not going to get caught. Uh, with my proverbial, well, anyway, fill in your fill in your cliche there, <laughs> right? And I think the person was right too about like putting the money in the IRA. You know, I cracked up. This has been several years ago, but my accountant came to me in the year and said, "If you put fifty five hundred dollars into your IRA, you're going to get fifty five hundred dollars back." They were like, "But if you don't, you owe like three thousand. And I was like, "Okay, that's easy. I can do." I can do that's that. That's easy. I can do that. <laughs> I, and, you know, I don't know why. I don't know what. I don't know how, but I did it. And, you know, and so that's like she said, you know, they, they help you find your money. That's like, that's the big thing I need to do now is just have somebody tell me all the things that I don't know that I don't know. Um, and I want to touch on Andrea. I'm still on the fence about hiring a monthly bookkeeper, even though I found someone I like. I've been doing that myself this whole time. And that's kind of like same. like I've thought about it. But also like my business is simple enough to like, I feel good about my bookkeeping. It only takes me a couple hours a month to knock it out. But also like through Wave, you can hire like a bookkeeper that'll take care of it too. So I do have a bookkeeper. I do most of the actual bookkeeping parts myself. And then she goes through and balances the checkbook or balances the books every month. Make sure that I didn't misclassify anything because heaven forbid Mm -hmm. that I should know what I'm doing. (laughs) Um, And then the other thing that she really offers me is she's always on top of when the state and local tax cycles need to be handled. So she'll send me a note and say, hey, property tax adjustment is due at this time. Just send me the information. I'll get it filed for you, which is something I could do. But it's one more date I don't have to keep in my head because I know that she's going to send me a note a few days, a couple of months before it's due and say, okay, can you get this to me? I send her this stuff. We get it taken care of. 
And then I don't screw it up and get myself owing the government money because they're always super patient when you... (laughs) (laughs) Right. When you owe them money, they want it now. Oh, yeah. I am still waiting on a child tax credit for a kid that IRS doesn't believe I really had. So It's tough to to prove it. I mean, all you could do is show up with the kid, right? (laughs) Right. Well, I adopted the kid. I adopted him. And and so his social is the same. The kid is the same, but his last name was different. But uh, they gave oh me the boy. adoption tax credit, but didn't realize like that's the same kid, apparently. <laughs> so I feel like someday, randomly, three years from now, there's going to be a random check that shows up. And then about a week later, there's going to be a letter from the IRS that says I owe that amount. So, so. Uh, as Steve puts it, the IRS spells theirs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yes. But yeah, so I think the thing about a bookkeeper, though, is like you said, I mean, it depends how complicated your business is. And it depends, you know, you, right? And you know, are you on top of things? Like Brian needs that extra help with those tax dates, mm-hmm. those quarterly dates. Um, you may need help invoicing your clients and depositing checks and such like that. Or you may be able to handle the day-to-day bookkeeping. So it's really, I think that's one of those that you know what you need. Um mm-hmm. to make that decision as to whether that's something that you need to invest in. Yeah. And, you know, now that you're mentioning that, one of the other things that she offers me unintentionally is I can't let my books get more than a month behind because she can't balance the books against the statements if I haven't classified the transactions and attached the receipts. Like Daniel, I also use Wave Accounting. So I just gave her the login information or added her as that extra as the bookkeeper. And then all of that stuff is taken care of and she can just make sure I didn't mess it up. And then when I have a a question like, hey, I bought this piece of equipment two years ago, it's showing as an asset, I sold it. So how do I properly relieve that? She can help me with that so that I'm removing the asset appropriately so that when I report my property taxes, I can show that that's no longer there, but I'm not like, it's this whole mess that I'm not, I don't understand accounting. I do math pretty well, but accounting (laughs) is its own world. And so she's very helpful. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, it's simple enough until it's not. Because mm-hmm. like, once I start making big purchases, it's like, oh, that's no longer expense. It's not an asset. And I need to do something every year with that. And I forgot what that guy said. And oh, yeah. <laughs> Steve Stewart says, I love doing my own book. I'm happy to do my own tax returns. I'm ecstatic that I pay someone else to keep me accountable and do some of the work so I can get back to editing. And that's like, yeah, and that's another point to make. The accountability, like Brian mentioned, but also one thing I tell like potential clients is what I do as like a podcast editor isn't rocket science. It's not super complicated. You could probably teach yourself how to do it, or you could hire me to do it who already knows how. You can save yourself the learning experience. I can do it faster than you, and that saves you time to do what you uh, thrive in. So it's kind of the same thing. Like, yeah, I can keep doing my bookkeeping. I can keep doing my accounting. Or I can pay somebody to do it faster, more efficient, and save me all that time and headache and stress. Yeah. No, I, I mean, you said it right. Like, you all are professional services, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I could go try to figure this out. Or I can call Jennifer and just say, hey, you make this happen. Um, and, you know, again, it's about those relationships and knowing what to do. But, I mean you have a purpose and that's the same purpose that accountant has. And, you know, yeah, you could do it, but do you like to do it? And, or do you do it? Like if you don't like to do it, you're going to tend to put it off. Right. And then your books might fall three months behind, et cetera. I'm so happy that you think it was only three months before I hired the bookkeeper. (laughs) (laughs) It's very helpful to have a bookkeeper. I will say I have been very good because like, it was a thing. It was like every three or four months. It's like, all right, let me take the time and just like, Oh, it was a chore. But I actually got really good at like every month on the 5th because that was when I got my bank statement from my bank. That's when I would do my bookkeeping. So I did at the end of last year, I did kind of let it lax. I need to get caught up. So Jennifer, Daniel and I have been definitely talking a lot. Did you have any <laughs> questions for Stephanie? I know that you have her for coaching, but... <laughs> um, No, because I've already asked them. You just weren't there to hear the answers. <laughs> That will be your secret information. So I, I guess one thing that I'm wondering, because you've mentioned a couple of times that you do operate as a consultant, a coach, and a connector. If there's somebody listening right now who says, hey, I think I might need a bookkeeper, or um, I've never considered actually working with an attorney, can you share a little bit about what 
working with you would look like? So typically for me, I do a quick consult to kind of figure out what your needs are. And then I'll send you a proposal that says, hey, you know, here's what I'm thinking. We can knock this out. Um, And they run all over the board, right? Like I had um, a client come to me recently that was a boutique that had um, the boutique owner was a shopaholic. So the inventory was, she had way too much inventory. Um, And so, you know, she brought me on on a monthly basis and we worked on getting that inventory out and then also creating systems and processes to make sure we did not do that in the future. Um, I had another client that is a couple years in and really needed to sit down and we needed to look at budgeting and we needed to look at what we, because they weren't paying themselves yet, right? They were, they were floating and they were doing. Um, and so that was just like a one month and we met four times. And, and then sometimes it's just one. Like I met with a startup last week who um, hadn't officially started up. We spent an hour together. I gave her a list of things to do. And by the end of the day, she was an official business with LLC and an EIN and had called a bank account and um, was had reached out to a real estate agent to find a a property and was reaching and a business insurance and, um, and had had an accountant. Cause she was, she also came to me wanting to use one of those internet companies that shall remain nameless that you pay like $99 and you think you get everything for your legal purposes. And I, I said, well, why don't you take that $99 and pay someone to look over what you did, you know? And she, you know, um, so, but within a day she had a business. Um, and so it really looks different for everybody, but I really tell people I'm more of a consultant than a coach. I'm just the mom of five who does have my family life coaching background from, um, NC State University. So there is a part of me that that coach just comes out, right? Like she just pushes you along, especially a lot of my clients are women. And so recognizing that women are really notorious for putting everybody in before them. And so reminding women that you might be at your son's basketball game tonight, but the only way you're going to pay for that is if you get some clients, right? So let's talk about that. Um, And let's make sure we find time to actually do our work and work our business. Um, And sometimes I have to tell myself that too, because I'm just as guilty about, you know, doing everything for everybody else and not myself. So, um, but that's what working with me kind of looks like. You know, we sit down and figure out, I mean, sometimes it may just be, you know, one hour and I give you a list of contacts and places to go and send you on your way. And 24 hours later, you have a thriving business. Apparently. Patrick made a comment that I do want to touch on before, uh, we leave. And that's, oops, (laughs) I thought I was going to hit We're, we're chatting in the background real... about what's going on here. And apparently I can't read. Y'all are doing a real good job of scaring, off, scaring this newbie off. Yeah, that's not our goal. That's what yeah. I want to empower you. I want you to feel like you are a legit business person, that this is not just a hobby that you're losing money on, that this is something you're enjoying and that you're having fun with and that you're being successful. Um so yeah, no, I don't mean to scare you off and you don't have to do it all at once. You know, that's part of it too. Um, someone sat down yesterday and was talking about an organization that they were interested in joining. And I said, you know, they asked me if I join it. I said, well, it's on my list, but it's like eighth on my list. Right. And I haven't gotten there yet. Um, same day. I hope to be big enough to be able to be a member of that organization. But right now that's not where I'm at. Um, so it's about setting those goals and, you know, the big thing is you need a business plan and your business plan doesn't have to be huge. Your business plan needs, could be a page, but write it down. Even, you know, some of us are not even business plan. It doesn't have to be a business plan format. It could be a chart or a pie chart or whatever works for you. You know, just make sure you write your thoughts down and then write your goals down and reevaluate your goals on a regular basis. The vision board, I believe in the vision board. You know, I um, I tell people all the time, a, a true story, a few years ago, I got divorced and I um, cut out a picture out of Southern Living of a house and put it on my vision board that, you know, it was really big for me that I could purchase a house by myself, which as a small business owner is a feat in itself, right? Because we are sitting here talking about deducting everything. And so you don't really show income at the end of the day. Um, so it was a huge thing. And so I, um, I gave myself three years to buy a house. But every year I checked in with the bank and the mortgage to see if it was possible. And after a year or two, I was able to do it. Um, so a year in advance. But what's really crazy is the house I bought looks almost exactly like the house I cut out, which I wasn't cutting that house out because I wanted that house. I was cutting a house out to represent a house. Um, and so 
you know, I really do think, you know, putting things on a vision board or on your refrigerator or on your mirror, like where you have to see them all the time, um, will help you reach your goals. You know, are you trying to have five clients, 10 clients? Are you trying to get an award at some podcasters conference? Are you trying to get recognized by the local chamber of commerce? What is it that you're wanting to do that will validate you? Do you want to be a speaker at events on podcasting? You know, what is it that you're trying to do and and how are you going to get there? One thing, because I think it probably was me that started scaring Patrick off. So I just want to <laughs> want to mention this because I was commenting about the joys of working with the U.S. tax system. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here's the thing. If I had a tax accountant on my team, so to speak, I wouldn't be nearly as confused as I am trying to figure it out myself. I think Andrea mentioned something about trying to DIY stuff. I mean, I've been in that mode myself. And... I'm trying to learn the humility of realizing that I don't know it all and I probably shouldn't have to figure it all out myself. Just part of why we have Stephanie on today <laughs> to, to talk me off the ledge as well. Uh, so don't be scared, especially if you do have somebody in your corner that can help you kind of figure this out instead of trying to email your bookkeeper at the 11th hour and go, it looks like I need to send you a 1099. Uh, what do you think? Right. Well, I can clean my house by myself, but I am a lot happier when I pay that lady that comes every Friday and does it for me. So, yeah, yeah, you can do it a lot yourself, but that doesn't mean you have to. And I think Mm -hmm. also, if you've brought in an attorney or an accountant or somebody to help you with that, there's the chance that their business insurance might help if there's a mistake made. Right. You're bringing them in as an expert. They're speaking as an expert. You're following their advice which is way different than asking a question in a Facebook group of 26,000 of your favorite podcasting friends <laughs> and hoping that the, the hive mind is smart. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, it's not. It's not that smart. Go ahead. No, that's a great point. You're per- I mean, you're protected by them as well. Like Jennifer said, like you've got that protection. If you get that letter from the IRS, you don't freak out because you know what? You paid someone to do that. So you can call them and it's on them. They got to help you fix it. Um, and so, yeah, no, you're right. That's another good point. So are we ready for the Poddex question of the day? We are. Bring it on. You're, I do you're the I guest do. today, so I need a number from one to five. Four. One, two, three, four. And I promise I haven't read this yet either. <laughs> what do you consider your greatest achievement? You went right for the throat, Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I'll go first because actually I was talking to my wife last night. It's like, since I was in high school, I've always wanted to like be a freelancer or work for myself or do something along those lines. Um, so I'd say like my greatest achievement is this company that I've built and like the life that I've been able to create because of it. I'm really well, struggling with this one. I don't really <laughs> view myself as an achievement person. Anybody in the chat, please help us out. What is your greatest <laughs> help achievement? Help a brother out here. Feel free. Uh, my my kids, I homeschooled them in elementary school and they're not freaks and they're in college <laughs> and they're okay. And the middle one's getting married this year. And it's like, I did okay as a mom. So my kids are my greatest achievement. As trite as that may seem, I'm like, well, yeah, I've done this. I've done that. But still, the kids. No, I mean, that's, I was going to say, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, anybody who sees any of my marketing, anything, and I introduce myself, I always say I'm the mom of five, right? That thrives off systems and processes. My biggest achievement is my family. And I tell people my family would make a great sitcom. The other day I walked in and I had my, or I walked it down from a shower and my ex-husband's in my kitchen. My five kids are in the kitchen. My boyfriend's in the kitchen. My ex-mother-in-law's in the kitchen. And I've got a bathrobe on and a towel around my head wondering why is everybody in my kitchen? Um, <laughs> but you know, this is the family I've built. And, you know, four of my kids are adopted from foster care. Um, you know, it, it, our family does not look like, I mean, I don't think there is a normal typical family anymore, but our family is our family and my kids are healthy and thriving. And, um, you know, I still be determined whether they grow up to be presidents or bank robbers, but, um, we're in process and that's my biggest achievement. Cool. I'm going to hit a couple of the comments, uh, before mine. So Andrea says creating an after-school podcast program and curriculum for high school students in a Chicago school, I guess. So yeah, very cool. And that's impressive. Steve's isn't really, I'm not sure this is an accomplishment, but he's trying to figure out how Daniel deleted a website. 
I'll tell you what, Steve, if you figure that out, that could be your accomplishment. Um, After we wrap up the show, we won't cut out the live stream and I'll, I'll tell the story if you really want to hear it. Oh, yeah. Patrick, thank you. Uh, 21 years in education without dying. Very, very cool. I don't think that I could have done it. I went to school to be a teacher and I never did it professionally. So good on you for making good on that. Same. Oh, wow. There's more than, yeah. Good. Yeah. Uh, for be me, a high school history teacher. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Nice. So yeah. uh, Jennifer and Stephanie both took family, which was going to be mine. So I'm going to kind of tone mine down to just the context of podcasting. And I would say probably the thing that I'm the most proud of within the podcasting space is probably the Hindenburg Users Group. I mean, it's not a huge group, but it's a helpful group. It's a safe community where people can come in with their questions or their stuff and get help with the software. I'm not talking about the balloon that blew up. It's actually audio (laughs) editing software for those people that think I'm blowing stuff up. So I think I'll go with that one. And now I'm going to shut up because I don't know where to go from here. That's a great place to end it. This has been an incredible episode and incredible. Thank you, Stephanie, so much. Buyerstrategies.com if you are looking for help in your business. I think Andrea puts it perfectly. It sounds like Stephanie could really help a newbie prioritize where to look for uh, where to look for support first. And I will add that not only newbies, but I think anybody in whatever stage of their business. Yeah. I've been doing this for five years now. Um, and I could definitely use that kind of help. So spirestrategies.com. Take a look. She's given us an amazing, a lot of great advice. Yeah, so I think this is a great place to end it. Stephanie, thank you so much. Obviously, uh, do you want to say anything? Tell people where to go. But you have anything, any other thing to mention? No, I, I just appreciate you all giving me this opportunity. So thanks for having me here tonight. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I'm Daniel Abendroth. You can find me at rothmedia.audio. Jennifer Longworth with bourbonbarrelpodcasting.com. I'm Brian Inspinger at toptieraudio.com. And Stephanie will let you do yourself this time. <laughs> and I'm Stephanie Spires at spirestrategies.com. And uh, able to join us is Carrie Caulfield-Eric at yayapodcasting.com. And forgot to mention, if you want to be a guest on the show or you know somebody like uh, that's an expert like Stephanie that you think would be a great guest for the show, um, podcastedatorsmastermind.com slash be a guest. And that same website, you can find the show notes with links to everything we talked about, as well as links to uh, get in touch with Stephanie or any of us. Uh, Thank you so much for watching and we'll see you next time. Uh, um, so how much is that? Um, 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 um